Oh, and welcome to the Rubber Duck Dev Show. I'm Chris. I'm Creston. And tonight, we're going to be talking about parsing them big text things in the Postgres with your fast searching and all the stuff. I don't, I'm really... I haven't had much sleep past few nights, so I'm all... I'm all messed up, but that's all right because Creston's going to do most of the talking tonight. I just I just have to babble now for a little bit and at the end a little bit and <laughs> screw things up. So, you know, it's all good. Um, hey, Colin, welcome to the show. Um, so, uh, before we get into fast text searchings, uh, how was your week? Pretty good. Took some time off July 4th weekend, so, you know, that was... That was fun. Um, didn't do too much of interest. In fact, you know, we had this show as a to be determined for from our last show. And I was thinking about doing something, but ran out of time. I was like, all right, what can I put together on short notice? And I was like, well, I've been doing a um, fair amount of Postgres consulting with regards to query optimization. And 80% of the query optimization is making text search fast. So, you know, the, the particular client has a fair number of indexes appropriately on, you know, primary keys and the foreign keys um, already. But, you know, it's when your system starts getting slow or some queries are slow, you say, all right, how can we speed these up? A lot of them, like I said, around 80% of them were in the full text search area. So how do we search for some bit of text in the database faster? Um, so that's what kind of spawned the, the uh, talk tonight. Other than that, typical other consulting work and uh, product work. How about you? Uh, well, I... Uh, spent some time this week. We had a few little edge casey things from the Ruby 3.1 upgrade that I needed to clean up. Uh, so I spent some time doing that. Um, getting that stuff all QA'd. Uh, lots of, of, uh, tech support type things that I got sucked into. Um, because that always happens. Uh, but the, but the big fun this week was I finally, finally had enough time to set up app signal at this company and um, got it integrated into our, our core platform product, got it all set up and launched it and had it, had it put out to QA. I uh, got it launched to QA this morning and the QA department started banging on the, the new release uh, that, that included a lot more than just app signal, but um, I'd gotten that in there and the QA department started banging on it and um, started, they, they came to us and said, Hey, I'm getting these 504 errors and, and I can't figure out why, and something's going on. So my boss was off, um, searching, uh, through our old log system and, you know, the old stuff or the stuff we currently use. And while he was doing that, I got into app signal and started looking through and we happened to be, um, we were on a, a group meet you know, just kind of hanging out and, and working and this came in. So he was look, looking and he said, oh, I think I found this thing, but I need to get the payload that they sent. And I said, I can give that to you because it was right there in App Signal because I had found this issue that they were talking about. It was right there. I said, here, here's the payload. Said, How'd you get that? App Signal. <laughs> and 
he said, well, I can't figure out what's going on between here and here. So I just looked at the call stack in the, in the app signal because it traced every little bit of code that was going through. And I was like, well, this happens and this happens and this happens. So it must be here. He was like, how did you... I said, it's all app signal, man. I was like, I'm telling you, I told you a while back that I wanted to get this in here because I was tired of trying to solve this with log diving. That's insane. So, you know, it was a, it was a great timely proof positive that app signal was worth the, the very little effort, honestly. Now, now this is interesting, or I find this interesting because, you know, you work at a large company. I would think they would move changes such as changing your like your APM, your application performance management tool would be like moving the Titanic or changing the Titanic. And it would take a long time to say, okay, before you even consider something like that. So did this take a long time in or well, it took is a this, long time. Is this a, tri is this a trial to see how it works in QA and you may or may not deploy it or, or Well, it's it's the I already know that that this is going to be proven to be very good and I'm going to be able to show them look at, at all the things that we can do now and it's going to get deployed, but this is the 30-day free trial where I can prove to my bosses that yeah, this is, you know, we need to do this. Okay. Right. Um, they're not going to get rid of Datadog, but we don't really need to because this is a, has a completely different purpose. Infra, our Infra team uses Datadog for all their APM stuff or the, the hardware side things or the virtual hardware side of things. Yes. Um, the... and, we, and we keep logs in there. You know, it does all the log aggregation for all our different services and stuff, um, which is not what AppSignal does, but that's fine. That's not what I, what I need it for. So the app signal is more of the engineering side, programmer side, APM tool. And we're not even going to do use all the features of app signal. Like we're not going to use the uptime monitoring. Datadog does that. It's all set up and it works perfectly fine. So, you know, we don't need that over an app signal. But the stuff it does do, it does very well. And Datadog isn't even close. So. Okay. So, yeah, it took a while, but that's only because I was so busy I didn't have time to mess with it until this week. So uh, things kind of calmed down a little bit because everybody's gone for the 4th of July. So I got, I got a, you know, 15 minutes to breathe, able to throw that in there. So. All right, cool. Woohoo! So anyway, all right, on to fast text searching. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. <laughs> yeah, you can go ahead and go to the next slide. So this is all going to be code that I'm going to show. I don't have anything to talk about. So, well, I mean, I'm going to talk through it. So basically imagine like you have a table that contains, say, blog content. So I created a, a table called blog. Oh, that's not a full create table statement there, but, you know, I forgot the name blog, but. It is what it is, <laughs> but it's just create some random table out in the I ether. Copy, I copy pasted this. So there may be a few errors like that. Anyway, so I created table blog um, with primary key, just an incremental ID. 
the title is the title of the blog. The content is all the text associated with the blog. And presumably, it may be in HTML format. Um, so basically, content is a lot, a lot of characters, a lot of data titles, a little bit shorter. Even though I'm not restricting it in general, the blog titles are relatively short. Right. And I actually populated this table with about a, close to a million records of data. So there's a lot of a fair amount of data in there. And what I did is say, we want to search on the title or we want to search something in the content. So what I was able to do is I was able to create a B-tree index. That's your typical standard index on the title. That's what line six does. I was able to create an index on that title because the values were short enough. When I tried to create an index on the content, it failed because the B-tree index can only have values of a certain length or it doesn't, it doesn't build, it doesn't work. So <clears throat> I don't know if you could do a pattern ops. Well, that's all for another discussion. Anyway, so you can't really create a B-tree index if your text value is too large, but you can do it basically, basically with this. And so now like any B-tree index where you're typically looking for an equality, in line 10, I'm just saying, hey, give me the count of the blog articles where the title is some exact match. Um, you know, the return of the Big Apple or whatever I'm searching for. I just used exact match. There, there's something in there. And you could, and I'm using explain analyze. And it, now this is an abbreviated representation of explain analyze because I cut out a lot of the timings for each plan just to see better kind of what's going on. So in this case, line 13, basically it's doing an index only scan. So it's using the index. It's, it's only using the index because it, because it doesn't need to get any data from the heap. So it's just look what's in the index, doing an exact match on what I'm searching for and it returns all the data. And you, I tend to not care about planning time too much because that's usually efficient, but I care about the execution time. And you can see it's 0 0.055 milliseconds, super, super fast. So that's what you expect with a B-tree index looking for an exact value. Right. Okay, well, what if you say, no, but I wanna look for any blog posts that have like Apple in the title. And that's what I'm doing in line 21. So I'm using like, you can also use I like, that's the case insensitive version. And I'm putting- <laughs> I like, Apple, I see what you did there. <laughs> yes. And or I like the Big Apple is going to be coming later. Anyway, and you put the uh, percent sim symbol where you want to kind of replace wild cards for replacing any types of characters. So that's a way for just looking for Apple in them. And you can look at the result here. Now you can see line 28, it's still doing an index only scan. So gee, that should be fast, right? <laughs> no, because... <laughs> What's actually happening is it says, I got to look through every value of this index and I have no reference to go to. So it, when I think about indexes and trying to explain what would be slow, what would be fast, think about your use of a book index. If you need to look for an exact value, you know, all right, I'm looking for Apple. First, I'm going to go to A's. Then I go to AP. Then I go APPP. You know, that's what you naturally do. Well, that's exactly how these B-tree indexes work, essentially work to be able to find that value. Now, if you're looking for something in the middle, like if I need to try to find some 
in index value in an index of a book, I have to scan every single page of that index because it's not ordered by Apple. It's ordered by the first character of whatever the blog post is, then the next character, et cetera. Or sometimes, you, or you can reverse the order. But basically, I need to now scan the whole index. So what it's doing is it's looking through every value of the index. It's not doing the very efficient scan character by character, but it's going looking through everything. Does Apple exist here? No. Apple exists here? No. So it's very inefficient. Now, what later versions of Postgres do, they actually can spawn multiple workers so you can actually scan the index in parallel. So that's what it's doing here. It's doing a parallel index scan with two workers. Uh, now, I could have ramped this up to more workers to get it finished faster. And then the gather stat basically gathers up all the data and finalizes the result to give to you. And as you can tell, the result is 488 milliseconds. So that is, is it 10,000? I think it's 10,000 times slower. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, half a second doesn't seem like a long time, but when you're talking about database queries and stuff like when that. When you're talking about a thousand <laughs> people using your app or more, <laughs> and each one has to run, you know, that's... 488 yeah. milliseconds is gross. And this is only a million records. You know, I have clients who have, I think one has over a trillion records and some tables. Ouch. So this would take probably at least a second. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're, so you're thinking, oh, that's not going to work. Oh, but I've heard about this thing called text pattern ops. And if I use it, it's supposed to help me with text searches. So what does that get me? Yay, problem solved. Not. Oh. So, <laughs> so line one, I created a new index um, that's using this different, essentially, operator. Because by default, the B-tree operator works well in an equality mode or greater than or less than or equal, you know, greater than or equal to, it's, et cetera. It works great for that. But if you actually want to look through text and look through it a character at a time, so you're not looking for an exact search like I did previously, but you want to look at a character at a time, you need to use this different operator. So, and it depends upon your data type that you're using. So if you're using the text data type, it's text pattern ops. If you're using the care or the char, however you want to pronounce it, that's the char pattern ops. Now, the caveats with using this, the first caveat on line three is, is that it only does left anchored searches. So again, if you think back to using an index, by left anchored, I mean it's going to check the first letter first and then the second letter. That's how you get fast text searches, is it needs to be left anchored if you want to use this. So you can use a B-tree index, but you can only search through the left portions first. And the second thing, you cannot use I like in this condition because it had it's kind of looking for an exact text match. Now you may be able to finagle it and um, do like use a functional index, like maybe use lower. So you build the index as a lower of the title with text pattern ops. That's possible. I don't have an example of that here but that may work to give you a case insensitive way to search it. But yeah. in, in, 
Well, I'm just saying you could, if you want to do it, that may be another path. Yeah, but who wants to do that? <laughs> Look at the search results here, man. We'll get to that. Look, <laughs> TLDR, 430 milliseconds for a search versus 0 0.033 milliseconds for a search. Okay, that's slightly better. <laughs> so, um, so if you look at number six, that's the same query as before. Even adding that text pattern ops, you can still see it's doing that parallel index scans, scanning through all the values. That doesn't speed things up. Even if I do a left anchored, meaning I'm only looking for, you know, some value and then a wildcard at the end, it's not going to work because there are um, we're doing an I like, but in line 22, when I change it to a like, and I happen to use, it's whatever the text value is. Presumably, if a plug post starts with Apple, you're going to have a capital there, but you have to basically match whatever case it is. And as you can see in this case, now you're no longer doing um, a parallel scan it's doing a scan against a particular index condition and it gives you a performance of, as you can see here, you know. So you can use an I like with this. It's not like it'll throw an error. It just isn't gonna help you at all. It's not going to use the index. Yeah, so when I say you can't use it, it basically, if you give it that query, it's not gonna use the index. Okay. But a way you might be able to get around that is like do build an index that is lower, does a lower, uses a lower function to lowercase all the values. Right. But that means every time you query, you got to do like lower Apple percent, you know. Okay. All right. But this doesn't help us if we're looking for a value in the text. So let's go to the next slide. But wait, there's more. Exactly. Right. Slides. Okay, so this is what we were doing before on line one. And now Postgres has a feature called full text search or FTS. So what this basically does is allows, allows you to separate a piece of copy or a piece of content into breaks it up into words. And then you're able to search against individual words. So imagine it doing a breakpoint by white space and putting things into an array. And then you can search within that array. That's that's kind of the concept. And you can do it in line two. This is basically using full, using full text search. You use a function called two TS vector. So we're going to convert the column title into what Postgres calls a data type, a TS vector. Now, when you do that, there are multiple dictionaries that you can use. Simple is basically kind of like what you see is what you get translation. If something is Apple, it's going to be Apple. It's not going to find um, apples. It's not going to find different variations of that. Um, <laughs> It's basically what you see is what you get. If it wasn't, doesn't have a like a breakpoint on white space, then it's it's not going to work. So this is whole word only. 
right exact match thing right okay now you can use for in our case an english dictionary and that will actually give you variations so it will find apple and apples or there's a few different cases where it basically converts the words into simpler root words but it won't find like applesauce no that's too that's too much of a difference but there is a way to find applesauce and i'll show you too in a little bit <laughs> so um so basically it's looking for whole words generally now i if you're searching through if someone's doing a search through blog posts, maybe you'd want to use English, um, but simple may be more appropriate. Like if you're searching for names or you're going to have a mixed, um, dealing with mixed languages. Like if you have international names, sometimes simple works better because the English dictionary may try to convert names strangely. Um, whereas a simple, it's, it's, it's simple. It's kind of what you see, what you get. So it depends on how you want to search, how you choose to convert your data. Now that's converting the source into this vector. And then you use the operator um, at at, which basically contains, and you basically build a query to against that vector. So you use the two TS query function, you give it the same dictionary because it's converting what your input is to see if that matches in the vector. And I'm just putting apple. I don't need percent size, anything like that. Now doing that, you could see, okay, it's still doing a parallel index scan. It's still using, it's using that index because it's available. Um, but you could see the execution time is worse, much worse. Good like, God. I'm, I'm using full text search. But it's five times slower than when I'm not using full text search. Wait, we're going backwards here, dude. Exactly. Okay, there's so, got to be a better way. Exactly. That's what the next slide. <laughs> okay, good. Great. All right. So uh, the overhead of that is building that vector through all, because you're building it through every value in that, every row in that index essentially you're building that vector and then you're comparing it to what your query is so what you want to do is you want to pre-build the vector now there's i would say there's three ways to do that the first way to do that is you can actually build an index a function-based index that actually pre-converts to ts vector what you want and that's part of the index that you build. So when you build the index, it'll have that TS vector built into it. So you can do searching easily. The second way to do it is you can use triggers that build a separate column on the table. So basically you add another column and you make it a ded dedicated TS vector column and you have a trigger that whenever data is changed in the table, you're going to update that TS vector value. So it stays up to date. When the data changes. The third way is a new feature in more recent versions of Postgres where it kind of does a trigger build for you. And it, it, they're called generated columns. So that's 
the what I used here. So it's basically, I'm going to add a new column. So I'm going to alter table, the blog, add the column, TSV title. Now, this is what I called it because it's going to be a TS vector. So I just said it's going to be a TS vector underscore title. So it's a TS vector version of the title. And the data type is TS vector. And then the added magic to give you populating this column is generated always as, so it's basically generate the data in this column, and then you give the function that it's going to be generated with. So I'm converting the title using the simple dictionary into a DS vector. And you say store, because what that means, it's going to store that in this, in this column. So, so now, basically, we're turning this generated function into a real column. Yeah, yeah, it's a real column. I mean, as soon as I do alter table blog add column, I'm making the column. But what the generated always stuff afterwards does, essentially line one will create the column. Right. But line two actually says to the database system, keep this column up to date by any time data changes, take that title and convert it into a TS vector and store it here. So whereas on the last slide, this the TS vector thing was kind of a on the fly ad hoc. Yeah, converted. and it had to, and this. when it's gonna scan, yes, because when it has to scan the whole index, it has to convert, okay, I've got, I'm looking at this title, okay, I convert this whole thing to TS vector. Does it match? No, okay, go to this one. I gotta convert it to TS vector. You know, so that's why it was five times slow. It right. has to do that process for every row, every time you run the query. <laughs> But now we're taking that process and persisting it yes. for each record. Yes. Now, I have a little note there that says this does require a table rewrite. So it's basically going to be a long process if this is a large table. So just be able... <laughs> So don't do this on your trillion record table unless you've yes. got a day or two. Yes. Or you need to use a different technique um, to be able... And I haven't actually thought through doing this on a gargantuan table, but it's basically, it's a process to be able to, to build this on, on the larger table. Okay, so that's the first part, just having it there, but you also need to create an index so it can be used efficiently. Now this type index type you're going to want to use 99% of the time probably is a gen index. You can also use something else called a gist um, so basically, no, let's this stick is with a, the gen, man. We bring in gen into it. It's all good now. Whew. Now we're having fun. So, so this is basically, they, they kind of call it an inverted index. So as opposed to indexing the values, what it does is it takes each word and that word is like the main part of the index and then it stores references to where it found that word. So basically this index will have something, an entry called Apple and next to it, it will have where all the different documents that found Apple. So that's why it can do these searches so quickly. It's built exactly like an index in a book. Because once you find Apple, you find all the entries to Apple. And that's different than how a B tree index is constructed. Okay, so added that in as a gen index, and now when we do our query, we don't have to do the TS vector business. We just say where 
TSV title, the one we built, is equal to the TS, TS query, you know, where we're looking for the simple dictionary for Apple. Now we have to match still what we're doing in the generated column that has to be the same thing. So it knows to use the index and can do matching. I think if you switch it to an English dictionary, for example, it's not going to work. Okay. So the dictionaries have to be consistent, which means in order to write this query, you have to know how the the column was built. Yeah, yeah. But that's pretty easy to do in Postgres. You can query the, you know, the data tables to understand what's going on. <laughs> Colin says he needs to take your SQL courses. Yes, you do. <laughs> so, and then look at the results of this. So now your execution time's gone from what the heck was it from the last two point? Um, stupid and gross. Let's see. I think it was 2.5 seconds, maybe. 2.7. Yeah. So this is 1,000. You know, so this is 10,000 times faster. Right. But still, and compared, 200 milliseconds for a query is still a little much, though. 200? It's not 200 milliseconds. It's 0. 0. 0.2, 0. 0.2 milliseconds. <laughs> You're right. Right. I can't read. I guess that's so. better. <laughs> Yeah, buddy. But we still okay. can't find applesauce, right? All right, we're going to get there. Okay. So, I want my applesauce with my gin. All righty. Okay. You can have it. All right. So go ahead and go to the oh. next slide. Oh, we get it now. Okay. <laughs> here we go. Whew. Yes, the result, the, that answer will be given here. So now, line 17, this is how we've been doing basically the where statements. Look for the TS vector and then where it contains what contains the TS query. We're just looking for Apple. Now, for the query types for the TS query, there's different ways you can build it. So you can do ands. So you could say big and apple. So anytime where big and apple appears anywhere in the title, it'll pull those records for you. You could all use so use or. So it's either big and use a pipe symbol for uh, the or representation. So you could do big or apple. So it'll pull up, you know, Big Daddy's Cheesecake, that one, or, you know, I love my apple pie, you know, both those would be pulled. You can also do followed by. So if you want to look for only titles that have big space apple, like the big apple, for example, you could use that operator, whatever you want to call it, the less than hyphen greater than or whatever. Now there's also a web search, which attempts to mirror kind of how Google does queries. So you can do exact double quotes, like the big apple. You can also do some, I think some of their subtraction things to it. Holy so crap. this is actually a different function to be able to do some of those queries. And lastly, line 25, we get to your applesauce. Oh. So basically you, you can left anchor it this way using the colon star and it's basically looking for any word that starts app and it can do that of course because if you think logically of how an index for a book is written you would look up a and then p and then p and then you could see all the different entries so it can do that and grab all those records and give them to you so i can have an appointment to appreciate my applesauce all in one query yes oh life is good 
Alrighty. So let's go to the next slide because there's another aspect to this that um, we're going to talk about. So we've just been dealing with the title. We haven't approached the content. So this is, I don't know who, who is it, maybe a million. You know, well, there's over a million records. So there may be a hundred million characters that we have to be searching through. 200 million characters we're going to be searching through searching through content. That might take a minute let's if actually, you had to do that by hand. Exactly. <laughs> so, so let's try searching for Apple, but we actually want to search in two different columns. Well, we can actually generate a concatenated value. So that's what we're doing in line two, same alter table statement. And then we're going to doing the generated always part in line four, instead of just doing two TS vector the title, we're actually using the double pipe, which is concatenate. So concatenate it to a space and then concatenate a TS vector version of the content. So now when we search for something, something it's going to search in the title or the content always. Nice. And if you'll, I went ahead and named it differently. So this is the column name, like line two, it says TSV search. So it's just going to do a general search, you know, in this table. Now, of course, with this, this is a new column. So I need another gen index. So more gen we, is more better. Exactly. We, we gen that up there. All right. And now when we do the search, we're searching for Apple, but it's actually searching that one pre-built column, but it's finding it again relatively quickly. So even at searching through like, I don't know, 200 million characters, it's able to find it in a little less than four milliseconds. Now that's still 10 times slower than the previous slide, I think, when we were just searching through, um, like if you go back, one more. Yeah, that was, yeah. So it's about 10 times slower, but still oh. you're, that's, Pretty good searching through all that all that data. I don't know, man. Three whole milliseconds. <laughs> so, all right. Now this is the last one, and of course, it's the biggest one. But let's say you actually want to rank, do some ranking. So you can do ranking. So, again, I'm just generated a column like I did in the previous one. Still calling it TSV search. I'm, I'm still concatenating the two, but I'm actually setting a weight now before them. So the only thing different about this compared to the previous um, slide was I'm setting the weight. I'm defining what I'm doing um, the, to the TS vector for the title. And I'm giving it a rank of setting the weight, I should say, to A. And then for the word being in the content, I'm giving it a value of B. So basically I'm just ranking them to say, prioritize data returned that appears in the title more than it's somewhere within the content. And still just concatenating it together, still adding the gen index. And then you can do queries like this where, so I'm not just getting the count, but I'm actually getting the title and I'm getting a 
uh, float from zero to one, one being the highest rank. And I'm using a TS rank function. So this is a built-in Postgres function. I'm doing the rank against the TSV search that I built. That's the query I'm building, the two TS query. So essentially it's replicating what I'm doing in the where statement, but, um, and, and then another value zero. I, now I can't remember what that means, but anyway, but that's basically how you can do a rank uh, that's gonna show up on the screen when you do the search. And then you just need to order by that rank and descending of course. So now your top rate ranked queries will appear first in search order. Now ranking does take more resources. So, you know, we've gone from three milliseconds to 36 milliseconds. So it's, oh, you know, oh, starting to get slower, oh. but I should <laughs> add, this is actually pulling all the data. The previous um, execution was, wasn't pulling all the records. It was just doing a count. This has to do a lot more work to pull back all, you know, to pull back that data to do the ranking and stuff like that. So 36 milliseconds to search through a million-ish records with ranking between title and and all the all the, the entire blog content, content of the blog. Yeah. With some random word. Yeah. Now are we still whole word whole word only at this point? Yeah. 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 Now you can do yes, we're still doing whole word whole word only but you can use that colon asterisk to do a left anchored search through it. Okay, so whole word or left anchored. Can yes. I do, do I have the ability to do a find apple in the middle of this paragraph type thing? Well, essentially it takes that paragraph, breaks it by- Sorry, not paragraph. Find, find apple in the middle of this word. It's not necessarily left anchored. Apple's probably not the best example, but that's the one we've got. So let's say I had a compound word that, like, super applesauce. Could it find that? I think you have to search, do an exact search ah. or prefix search. Okay. Because. You know, again, you think about how an index works. Then you're, I mean, it'll do it, but it has to now resort to scanning the whole thing. Right. Because how would you find, like, because you think about it logically, if I'm going to a books index and I, and I want to find all occurrences of Apple, even if it's super applesauce, I have to know to go to super applesauce if I have the hopes of finding it, or I got to look through every single page. Right. And, you know, I can't think of a real example, good example, where I would actually want to do that. Um, I just like to think of ways to break things because chaos rules. So, you know, <laughs> it's just me. Now, there's, now this is, again, the full text search feature. And this handles a lot of use cases. Um, there are instances where people want to do similarity searches or things like that. Now, I didn't cover that in this due to time constraints and 
plus you know we're doing pretty good on time yeah in terms of length but there are there is a capability of doing trigram searches so as opposed to breaking it up by word you actually break it up into three characters split everything into three characters even the white space is included within that characters wow. and that kind of helps you do more similarity searches like give me things that are close to this and with that type of searching you conceivably would be able to find something similar to apple within super applesauce okay so that's that's more of a fuzzy search type thing yes yes but i have to imagine that 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 index like if i'm saving rec as i'm saving re or updating records that index is probably expensive yes yeah. yeah that's you know but you know when you're talking about when you're talking about a lot of data then it, yeah it does take a while to parse that stuff but presumably if you're talking about like a blog post you're not going to be doing that all that frequently yeah. doing the updates so, but yeah, like anything, an index is a burden on the, you know, build and maintaining it side. So, so it's, it's all about the trade-offs. Much, how much fuzziness do you want in your search versus how much time do you want in your index? How much weight do you want? At some point you'll rob Peter to pay Paul somewhere. Yeah. But anyway, so this is kind of an introduction to how to use primarily full text search to speed up your queries. If you get, you keep doing like and I like, and they start becoming dogs. There you go. These are, these are two options, either the text pattern ops for doing a left anchored search on with a B-tree index or using full text search. So, yeah. Um, and this, this of course is all Postgres specific stuff. So for all you folks out there that are, that are using MySQL. What the hell? <laughs> what? I mean, and I'm sure they have some similar cap. Yeah, ignore the slide. I'm sure they have some similar capability. Postgres done. We're yeah, that's, done. That, that's the motto of my consulting. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure MySQL has some capabilities, but that that's kind of one of the home one of the Standout features, I think, is some of the full text search capabilities that Postgres has. Because, like, I know a lot of sites use Elasticsearch or they've used other kind of search tools. But for my own use cases, I've found the full text search features of Postgres have been sufficient for what I needed to do. So, right. Uh, and if you guys are interested in learning a lot more big brain stuff about Postgres, you should go over to scalingpostgres.com and watch Creston's other videos. He's got uh, 222 episodes just about Postgres at this point. So you can learn all kinds of brain-breaking things. Uh, lots, lots of good stuff. So head over there. Check that out. Um, hope you guys enjoyed that. If you did, please make sure and mash that like button. Uh, also, go to, um, if, if you're seeing this on YouTube, 
please consider subscribing. It helps the channel, doesn't cost you anything, and you'll get notified when we go live. If you're watching this on Twitch, please give us a follow. Doesn't cost anything, and you'll get notified when we go live. So, you know, either way helps the channel. Uh, if you really want to help the channel and you enjoy this and you want us to be able to keep going and, and keep having the the uh, the energy to do this every week, uh, tell your beautiful friends about us and bring them along when you come watch. Um, we thank you for joining us. Next week, uh, we've got Brittany Martin on as a special guest. She's going to be talking to us. She's from the Ruby on Rails podcast, and we will uh, be having some fun conversations next week, so make sure and join us for that. Uh, we've got some more fun guests coming up uh, in the weeks to come and some more good um more good topics. If you have topics that you are interested in and would like us to talk about, please drop them in the comments below, and we will start prepping shows for your enjoyment and education. Make sure you mash all the buttons and ding all the bells. We will see you next week with Miss Brittany Martin. Till then, happy programming! Happy programming! <laughs> <laughs>